welcome to our podcast, Petticoat Lane, where we talk about vaginas. We're your hosts. I'm Josie. And I'm Crystal. We'll be answering some common questions and some uncommon questions. We'll have guests. Some will be experts and some not. Come take a stroll with us down Petticoat Lane. So we are starting now. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Oh, six. I could go higher, Josie. <laughs> you know how to count? Me too. Oh my God. I mean, barely. My brain is like fried, but yeah, kind of. <laughs> All right. So do we want to start with a question this week? Or I know that's what I was like. Are you a racist? <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's what I was thinking too. I think, um, I'll because start. I think, yeah, that's kind of like the question, you know, like right up front, the question or yeah, it's calling your white friends out on being racist, white exactly. fragility. And that's when you, yeah. Okay. So I guess, um, I'm Josie and yeah, I'm a racist. <laughs> I'm Crystal and yeah, I'm a racist. Not, I mean, like this. This is that we where we wanted to talk about white fragility, right? The yeah. book. It's, I mean, not quite vagina related, but definitely a, a, a human a related. Topic, human related. I think it, uh, mental health, health related, especially uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Black which people in, with vaginas related. <laughs> yes, yes. This is very much. I mean, when it comes down to it, all of our issues. <laughs> You know, we could relate it back to our, our vagina somehow. In some way. But uh, definitely number one thing I want to say is we're not talking about being racist as if we're proud of it. Because no. I and don't want to confuse anyone with that. And I want also this um, in the book White Fragility, too, they talk about how um, how defensive we get and how off put we get when somebody calls us a racist. Mm-hmm. Because we have been programmed to believe that a racist is something that is outright ugly and wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Like obviously wrong. Uh, we're not saying that Josie and I meet up, you know, once a week to discuss our white supremacists. That's not the type of racist we're talking about. It's um, kind of systematic racism. And when you call someone out how we react with fragility because mm-hmm. it is kind of a shock to the white system <laughs> to exactly. be called out for it so and it's it's definitely one of the things covered in this book and other books about like racism and the problem with it being within a good bad binary like the fact that we look at our grandparents and they're, we don't think that they're racist. We just think they're of their time. And we know they're not bad people because they have all these other good qualities to them. So they can't possibly be racist. But they definitely say racist things. So it's, I think part of the white fragility and that good-bad binary uh, makes it so people can't Call, not call out their grandparents, but like really look at it from a critical point of view 
of yes I love my grandparents and I love my family members but I don't like this thing that they do or this thing that we were all taught to be which is racist yeah yeah and and it is something well and then I saw a lot of posts and uh, because this book became so popular so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's um, two years old, too, at this point. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's not a brand new concept. It, it's not. It is. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say a hot, a spicy topic. It's a uh, <laughs> um, it's, it's what's going on right now. God, words are hard today. Yeah. So um, but people there's always going to be a backlash or uh, the other side to the coin so I did see a lot of people saying um, don't read white fragility these are the reasons why you shouldn't read white fragility Um, a couple of them I felt I don't know they were they were trying to say that it uh, the way it was wrote was to kind of create a superiority over other white people that haven't read it does that make sense like a discrimination Definitely. inside of a discrimination right yeah so th- this information that you are now arming yourself while you are going to go out and be you know one of those really angry people um towards racism mm-hmm. um i think something that i can't remember if i read it in white fragility or if i've read it somewhere else but something that was really hard for me to kind of calm myself because it is an angering issue it is very it can get very frustrating to um, try to explain it to somebody that doesn't get it and they're just still not getting it Mm -hmm. but that hostility and that anger um, that's not ours as a white person that anger is not ours so does that make sense like so getting super angry because somebody doesn't get it isn't helping explain the issue and and call out people's racism it's creating another divide right and it's not yeah and as us as white people yes we there is there should be anger there should be some uncomfortableness to discovering that there there is racism built in our society Mm -hmm. I feel so preachy right now but (laughs) do you get what I'm saying right and I'm like I do. I feel the same way whenever I talk about it because my whole thing coming into this book was I went onto Facebook and made a Facebook live video, which like personally called out some family members, not by name, but I named some very specific situations that I had grown up in where like I experienced my family being racist in some way. And how, what that taught me growing up. And I felt so preachy by the end of that video. Like, I've realized I'm a white racist and you all need to realize it too. And I'm better than you because I've already realized it. Like, I felt so off on it. Yeah. I kind of think it's a good-ish thing. Like, white people shouldn't feel good about calling well I don't know you shouldn't feel good about calling other people out for their racism and not like fully embracing your own I guess yeah so I I think people are starting to yeah like you said kind of feel like they're 
better than somebody else because they realized it. And really, when the approach needs to be like, buddy, you, you know what? I look like you, too. This is why you look like a racist right now. Yeah. You know, instead of being like, you're a racist piece of shit. I'm not coming to the family thing anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I've definitely been like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at, after a certain point, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I have brought two different uh, viewpoints to this with me. One of them is an author in the, or a, an uh, article in the Atlantic written by um, John McWhorter. And this his uh, opinion is that the book White Fragility dehumanizing it dehumanizes and condescends to black people. And it's a very good article that I'm going to be linking to in our description for people to read. But he basically goes on about how it goes too far in the like white martyr. It's comparing it to um, the people who, the cults, that it's all about suffering. You feel good by making yourself feel bad type thing. Okay. And how it's so one-sided in the way that she depicts black people within her book. Like because arguing. it's her experience, right? She's just more, right. yeah, yeah. And, it, okay. you know, I think she does a very good job at saying, like, these are just my experiences. But, like, he goes so far as to be like, um, let's see. It's a pretty strong charge to make against people who, according to D'Angelo, don't even conceive of their own whiteness. But if you are white, make no mistake. You will never succeed in the work she demands of you. It is lifelong, and you will die a racist, just as you will die a sinner. Remember, also, that you are not to express yourself except to say, Amen. Namely, thou shalt not utter, I know people of color. I marched in the 60s. You are judging me. You don't know me. You are generalizing. I disagree. And then it names a few more and I just I was really surprised knowing that this article was written by a black person because I didn't really get that from the book when she was saying like don't don't use the the fact that you know people of color as an excuse he sees it as you're not allowed to say that you know anybody who is a black person or a person of color. And I'm just like, oh, that's different. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I mean, that is a very interesting take on it because that's not how I took it either. Right. Right. Like I didn't, I didn't see it that way either. I don't feel like it. Well, and I, I, I love, um, what I shared the post with you, but um, I don't. The leader of the Black Lives Matter Utah chapter, she had posted in um the group, and I love how she sort of explained the Black Lives Matter movement, and it's as an ally, right? Because we have so many allies, especially, I mean, you know, they're they're 
putting up signs. They're buying the merchandise. Everybody's like, whoo, because it's a real trendy thing right now. Yeah. But an ally, too, it's you've been invited to a party through means of another friend. Right. So you're not even invited by the host. Right. Somebody, a friend has invited you to their friend's party. Now, you need to behave like that's how you are. You're there. You're there. You're you're a guest. Yeah, you're a guest. You don't go up and tell them to start changing the music or ask them why they're throwing it this way and tell them how to throw their own party. You're there. Yeah, you're there to, you know, humbly. And and it's not a party by no means. And that's what else she said about the post. You know, it's by no means a party. But um, too many allies come in and try to say, oh, I marched in the 60s or I had a black friend and try to police or or police might not have been the right word. But they try to host or be in charge of the party themselves. Yeah, they try to take charge of like a, a, even a small section or a conversation of it and it's not nec- it's, it's it's impolite especially if you're thinking of it as the fact that you were invited by a guest of the party type thing yeah absolutely and i want to um for anybody that is you know wondering how how do we support as an ally like what does that look like for us like okay i've now come to the realization that um white privilege is a thing uh we need police reform because definitely you know people you you've come to this realization that um and and not only the realization of your white privilege but also your white fragility why you have this reaction to being called a racist Mm -hmm. so now what is your job i mean to jump on social you know media and start calling out everybody a racist start canceling family events because you know uncle bob said it again like now, what is your job? How do you help this movement? How do you support this party? Yeah, and I—it's <laughs> taken me a, a definitely some a learning curve, a harsh learning curve within just this few months as well, because you know I came into it thinking I had learned about you know white people being racist no matter what because we grew up in a uh, system of racism systematic racism specifically and how it is impossible not to be racist when you are raised in a racist like society and government and stuff like that you know I learned that a few years ago so when this all started I was like well I'm already an ally and I know how to call my fellow white people out on it and I know not to go bother my black friends about this and stuff and one of the things that uh definitely stood out to me and I felt and I took as a personal call in of like you know look at my situations and my actions and think about it a little harder was someone being like okay so what is my job as a white person right now is to do the work that white or that black people are tired of having to try to do and that is having the nice conversations with other white people and gently leading them towards the idea that 
they are also racist and we need to work on racism as a whole rather than just canceling the parties because what you're doing there is you're alienating them and leaving them to be further surrounded by other people who have the same thoughts absolutely and that's Yeah. yeah like how do you get your racist friends invited to the party (laughs) yeah uh do we want them there not necessarily (laughs) but we kind of need them there to see the change to see the change happen that um i I mean and i feel almost silly talking about it like how do we i mean it's we're two white women and talking about well and that was another um, objection to this book while people why people were saying not to read white fragility um i do have a couple other books that were recommended instead of white fragility because it is um written by a white woman yeah and i'll also fully admit that this was one of the first books i chose to read when i was like i'm going to take that challenge and start reading more books about racism and like challenge myself and i like you know I could use it as an excuse of well I didn't know the reader was white but the truth is I didn't even check so you know that's on me I didn't make sure the book I was reading was by a black person I just assumed that it would be good because it was recommended right yeah and that that I mean that again kind of comes back to oh to white women talking about their opinions like exactly you know (laughs) like um really absolutely we I should have been more diligent about what I was you know reading um it is by all means please if you have not read white fragility do so um along with other books we're not saying don't read white fragility we're saying okay don't there are other things yeah if you are reading it, make sure you are also reading it another book. Maybe make it the second book you read if you're going to have to read it or whatever. Because there are so many good authors out there as well. There is also available, it's um, a summary of <laughs> White Fragility. It's 45 minutes long and it's on Audible. So even um, just dip your toe into White Fragility. Um, seek out these other books. I think it's really important for us to continue this conversation with um, with more informed I don't know what I'm trying to say here it's um, we don't want to straight go to the whole idea that like we want to continue this conversation with a black person because we don't want to make it their job that's, no or even somebody that's a little more um educated on being a white ally yeah um I know we have ally groups here in Utah um and possibly we can reach out to uh, one of the white Um, ally leaders (laughs) that sounded bad maybe edit that (laughs) but you know what I mean one of the leaders of the allyship um, somebody that can come and talk to us and maybe answer some of our questions and help us navigate through this and how to be allies or how to strive to be an ally I think um, it's Buddhists that say they're aspiring to be Buddhists because Mm -hmm. it's an ongoing you never actually reach that so um, to be an aspiring ally so I I try every day or you know and I think that's something it's not just gonna come you can't just decide okay I don't see color that's not how it works yeah exactly I put up a black lives matter sign in my window like what else do I need to do here 
Yeah, a red white fragility. I'm 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 here for the movement. <laughs> yeah, I think what we're going to be doing is we're going to be putting out like our feelers to see if there is somebody who would like to have this conversation with us. Um and on top of that, we're not just going to be expecting our future guest to educate us. We're going to take a book from, you know, the list that crystals got and i've got and we're gonna make sure that it has a person of color or a black person that's the author so that we can kind of get the information directly from the source absolutely and when people tell you about their experiences believe them Mm -hmm. i'm sick because you didn't experience it doesn't mean it isn't happening or didn't happen to them yeah and it doesn't take away the importance of it just because it's not something you've personally lived through. Amen. I think <laughs> that is where we're going to end it today. We just wanted to keep this kind of short. We didn't want it to get too preachy. Sorry, I got a little preachy. I definitely got a little preachy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, Me I mean, and if anybody wants to continue this conversation, um, correct anything that I've said or question, I'm I'm open to it. So send us a message. Um, find us on Petticoat Lane. I'm Crystal, and I'm Josie, and that's Petticoat Lane spelled with a Y. Cause that's what we be. Yeah. Just kidding. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are just getting back into this after a few months of a break with the pandemic. We're recording from the safety of our own homes. and We don't want to yes. endanger each other or each other's families. So we're hoping yeah. to get back into this on a weekly basis with you guys. We, we want to get back to the vagina talk as well. So if you have ideas or uh, subjects you would like to hear us talk about, uh, send uh, send us another message. Yeah, you we're know? on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and you can even email us at petticoatlanepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I, I believe that's the email. <laughs> it's been a while. All right. Thanks. Bye, we'll see you guys later. Bye. This is a Hello Sweetie Podcast Network production.